I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. San Francisco is buzzing at the moment. 40,000 people are in town for Dreamforce, the city's biggest conference in three years. The international gathering has packed hotels, restaurants, and bars. Downtown San Francisco is looking a little like 2019. But the pandemic is in different stages depending on who you ask. For the international traveler who hops onto airplanes without thinking about wearing a mask, likely for them, the pandemic is a thing of the past. For the immunocompromised person who doesn't leave their home much and still strategizes their social interactions carefully, the pandemic is still very real and dangerous. That's probably also true for the person who's battling brain fog and extreme fatigue months after a recent infection. What about for the president? In Sunday's broadcast of 60 Minutes, here's what he had to say during a visit to Detroit. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. Cue the debates. Whether you agree with President Biden or not, his comment has larger implications. What does it mean for his administration's COVID-19 efforts, including those brand spanking new booster shots they're encouraging everyone to get? And who even gets to declare the end of a pandemic? I wanted to get a gut check from my trusty colleague, Chronicle Health reporter Erin Alday. She's here to chat about her reaction to the president's declaration after closely reporting on COVID-19 from the start, and she'll share her definition of the pandemic stage we're in now. Erin Alday, great to have you back on Fifth Emission. Great to be back. Thanks for having me again. So, Erin, we know you cover health for The Chronicle, and you've been closely reporting this pandemic from the start. Biden has declared that it's over. What was your reaction to his statement? I was surprised. Uh, I was surprised to hear the president say the pandemic is over. Not so much because I think it's that outrageous that he said it, or even that surprising that that would be something people would say. It was just coming from the president. That's a very bold statement coming from the president of the United States. So to that end, I was surprised. And especially because in that context, you know, he said it kind of casually, um, just, you know, in a conversation with a journalist. And it just it didn't feel like it was necessarily like a statement, right? Like you would think, you know, declaring the end of the pandemic feels like it should be a moment. And that kind of wasn't, you know, a moment. Hmm. And what do you think he's referring to in order to make that determination? Well, right. So that's what's complicated here is it, it becomes a matter of semantics. There are a lot of definitions. There there kind of isn't a formal definition. I mean, a pandemic is a global disease event, right? So we have all kinds of things that we exist in a pandemic state. HIV and AIDS um, is a pandemic. But when we think about pandemic as it applies to COVID, we think about that sort of urgent, you know, situation that we've been in, this sort of, you know, something that is completely life-altering, right, that becomes a part of our, like, daily lives and really influences our daily decision-making. There certainly are people that will say it's reasonable to say that in this country that that pandemic phase, we are past that. Mm. And certainly the public's mindset in a lot of ways is past that. And frankly, how the public thinks about a situation does influence how we describe that situation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds kind of circular, but that is that is a factor, is kind of the public perception of, of threat. So leaving sort of emergency mode into something else could potentially be, for some people, the end of a pandemic. What would be the way that you define it? I mean, I think that that's kind of where I land. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm personally 
ready to say the pandemic is over. And, and you know, to go back to what President Biden said, I mean, he said the pandemic was over, but also, you know, followed that up with there's a lot of work to be done. There mm-hmm. still is enough uncertainty in the situation, right, for mm-hmm. me to feel comfortable saying the pandemic is over. But certainly, I don't feel anything like what I did in the last couple of years. Like most people, my life isn't back to normal. It's not back to 2019, but it's mm. probably never going to get back to there. I think what's what's hard is we're in the sort of transition period still, which is a lengthy transition period, you know, as we figure out what kind of endemic looks like, what this, what kind of coexisting with COVID looks like, which we've been talking about for like a year. Like we've been talking about that for a long time. It's just that it is a long process. It's an uncomfortable process. And you kind of, as we've talked about before, you don't know a pandemic's over really until it's actually over. Like it's one of those calls you can't really make until you're looking back at it in hindsight. And I just, I don't know that we're there yet, or at least that I'm there yet. And of course, it's hard to ignore the numbers. The seven-day moving average of daily deaths from COVID in the U.S. has hovered around 400 since April. The national average for new daily cases is 60,000, which is a lot higher than it was in the spring. How are we doing in the Bay Area at the moment when it comes to COVID? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's a couple of things to parse here. And one one point I would make about you know, the deaths and the cases is, I think one of the reasons people are pushing back hard on this, the pandemic is overthought, is they don't want us to feel comfortable with the state we're in now. Like, you can have a disease be killing that many people and also at the same time say the pandemic is over. But that means what Mm. you're saying is we're not treating that as an emergency anymore. We're just treating that as this is just what COVID does. And let's live our lives around that. And I think a lot of people that are pushing back on the pandemic is overthing. They don't they don't feel comfortable resigning themselves to that. They feel like that's sort of giving up and saying we consider this an allowable number of deaths. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody who's very sick and in the hospital with COVID right now, you know it's far from over. But going back to the Bay Area, you know, as per usual, we look, I mean, a lot better than the national picture. You know, we're still seeing anywhere between like four and six deaths a day across the the whole region, which on the one hand, you think, well, that's not that many. I mean, it's terrible, but it's not. But that still is, you know, four or five or six people dying every single day. And that's higher than it was in the spring. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's higher than it was before last summer, back in spring um, 2021, when we hit our low point. At one point, we never got to zero. We've never been Mm -hmm. to zero deaths in a day in the Bay Area. We got down to one or two. And I think there's a lot of people that say, we're not really going to feel comfortable saying this is over, this pandemic is over, until we can get that down to just a couple, mostly because nobody should be dying of COVID right now. We have just so many options. And the feeling is that we haven't tapped into all of those resources enough yet to be able to say we're done and this is we're just going to live with this now. And speaking of resources, we know the new Omicron boosters are out. You know, what do you predict the fall and winter is going to look like? Will those boosters help? Well, first of all, I, I'm not predicting anything. <laughs> Definitely. I, I keep asking you to predict something. and You always tell me I'm not going to do it, but I ask you anyways. <laughs> no, I will. I will happily speculate. I will happily talk to you about what I think could happen, but I cannot make predictions. Um, and nobody I know is making predictions. But in this case, honestly, I don't know. Actually, I think this winter for me, and I've talked with some experts about this who feel the same way, is going to be very telling about answering this question of is the pandemic over? 
most people think we're almost definitely going to have some sort of uptick. We will have some sort of increase in cases in the winter just because of human behavior. People go back inside. They gather around a lot. The real question is, do we get another surge, right? Like, do we get last winter was Omicron. We had a massive surge unlike anything we'd seen. The winter before that was the deadliest phase of the pandemic by far. It was really just, you know, awful, frankly, to live through that that first winter of 2020. Um, I think, you know, we probably won't see anything like that. But that to me is the question, right? These boosters coming out that are more kind of specific to the strain circulating, you know, are those going to be effective against what's ever circulating? Are we going to get a new variant that just escapes our vaccines again and causes a lot more widespread illness? We've seen it happen, right? Like nobody can really say confidently at this point that that won't happen. To me, if that's what we see again, then that means that we're still very much in this like crazy roller coaster situation with COVID. And that to me says we're still in a kind of pandemic mode. More with Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday after a quick break. What are the larger implications of Biden's declaration? And how would Aaron define the end of the pandemic? We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. So Aaron Alday, before the break, you shared that this winter will be very telling for the pandemic. Declaring that it's over might be too soon, which brings up the consideration that Biden's comment could complicate his administration's COVID efforts moving forward, right? Congress is still in an uphill battle for more funding for things like vaccinations and more research. Absolutely. And most of the people that I talk to who are concerned, that's their main issue is that this could really jeopardize you know, all of the work we've put into and still need to do to make some progress on on this um, on COVID. So even if, you know, we're trying to live our lives around it, there still is clearly a lot of work that needs to be done. And the fear is that the president stepping up and saying the pandemic is over, that that makes people just sort of give up, right? Be just like, okay, well, let's move on with our lives now and not think about it. You know, we have terrible booster uptake in this country as a whole. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm not even talking about the latest booster, like the previous ones. You know, in order for us to be really at best protected for the winter, we need to get so many people boosted and we can't just throw our arms up about that. But yeah, the the worry is that we're not getting that message out. People aren't getting it. We're not putting the resources um, and the talking points behind that. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about we it'd be wonderful to invest in a better vaccine, right? To have better vaccines that are much more protective, much more durable, so we're not in this kind of situation. And there's a lot of scientists that are saying we can do that. Like, look Mm -hmm. what we did with the first round of COVID vaccines. We just pumped so much money and resources into it, and we came up with products that are amazing, that really saved so many lives. We should be doing the same thing right now, coming up with a much more effective tool. We're close. We have a lot of people working on that. We just kind of need that push is what they will argue. They will say that. And the last thing we should be doing is pulling attention away from those efforts. Mm -hmm. And speaking about having the right tools, we know that COVID keeps us on our toes because the virus just quickly evolves and mutates. Do we expect these mutations to continue? Do we have the tools now to deal with these future mutations, which could make us more optimistic for the pandemic being close to done? I mean, I think it's it's yes and no. Like, it's it, yes, it's going to keep mutating. It's the question is how well it mutates out from under our vaccines. Like right now, there are a couple of variants that are in other parts of the world that do show some immune escape. 
or more so than than what's currently circulating in the United States. But as long as they're not, they can't outcompete, right? Like they're not more infectious or for whatever reason, they don't get a toehold, you know, outside of where they're locally circulating. They're not really going to be a threat to us. But but we can't, we don't, we just don't know that. We won't know if something like that comes up until it's here, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of do have to constantly keep on our toes. I mean, I do feel reassured that the vaccines are holding up pretty well at preventing severe illness. And, you know, if we have to get boosted from time to time, that's unfortunate, but but we have that tool. We have treatments that, again, they're not ideal. They could be better, but they work. We can kind of weather this as needed with what we have on hand. It's just that you know, we are going to see unnecessary loss of life in that scenario. We are going to see a lot of people potentially out sick, you know, missing work. You know, if we if we had a better public health response, if we were more, you know, had better, even better tools, you know, it wouldn't be such, I, I say inconvenience, and that sort of is is understating the fact. But you know what I mean? It, it is an inconvenience to our lives. And, and, and I think a lot of people would love to be able to shake that off. So, Aaron, have you named the stage of the pandemic we're currently in? It sounds like you're not quite agreeing with the president that it's over. So what is it? Close to over, endemic, or are you waiting to see what happens this winter? I've been calling this still the transition phase from pandemic to endemic. Mm -hmm. That's how I've been thinking about it. That's kind of how I talk about it with people because – I mean, it's possible that, you know, two years from now, we'll we'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, the pandemic was over then. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. we'd already been past the worst of it. The pandemic was definitely over by then. Uh, That was the right call. But we might look back at this in a couple of years and be like, oh, no, we were still in the thick of it. How how naive we were in in fall 2022 to think that the pandemic was over. So it feels like it could tilt either direction. So I'm still saying that we're kind of transitioning from pandemic to endemic. I feel like we'll have more information and better answers on that after this winter. Mm-hmm. Well, Aaron, I love doing these gut checks with you when we talk about the pandemic. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me again. Good talking to you. Erin Alday is a health reporter for The Chronicle. She has a story out later this week about the local state of the pandemic and why some experts say that it is indeed not over. Look out for it at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for editing this episode and to you for listening. <laughs> 